War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in, routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's Friday, TGIF indeed, on this Friday, November 18th. Hey, I want to remind you, if you ever have an emergency, uh, I highly recommend, and I'll tell you exactly why, but I highly, highly urge you, implore you to go to AtMed Urgent Care. Now, there's a location in Johnson, right in the Atwood Medical Center. There's also Post Road East Greenwich. They're open seven days a week. Now, my experience, when I've gone, they will see you in less than 30 minutes. Avoid the emergency rooms. I'm going to talk about that. But seven days a week, doctors and nurses, cost-efficient way of getting urgent care. At Med Urgent Care, if there's an emergency, you're going to wait a really long time, a very long time, at an emergency room. And I don't say that uh, with any joy. It's just a fact. But not at At Med. At Med Urgent Care. Next time you have an emergency... Atwood Medical Center, Johnston, Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At AD, no, AT at Med, ATMED, at Med Urgent Care. At Med Urgent Care. Well, there's a story on Channel 12. I think I'm actually going to play the sound of this. But they're trying to get things under control with our emergency rooms. And it is a real crisis. And if you're listening right now and you've had an experience, please go to the website. DePetro.com. Hit contact John and just send me a note on it. But it's only it's really it's it's really exploding, and it's going to explode over the next thirty to sixty days, and it is bad. I want to play. Um, I think I like I said I believe Channel Twelve has a some sound on this of just how bad it is. Talk about the, the, these are beyond dangerous long waits. I want to go to this is the WPRI story. Just say, oh, Alexandra Leslie, who I think does a nice, uh, good job. She's a good reporter. And um, the Rhode Island Department of Health, they had a press conference. But listen, how bad this is. Okay, seeking care in the right place and taking simple preventative health measures. There are two things you can do to help free up the space in emergency departments. Today, doctors painted a picture of just how bad they say that overcrowding is. For weeks, Rhode Island doctors have been working inside emergency departments at or beyond capacity. Today, it looks like an 82-year-old grandfather forced to wait in the emergency department for two days while having a Two days. Because there is not a bed in the cardiac In the emergency room. RSV, flu, COVID, all still making an impact. But doctors say there's also an ongoing behavioral health crisis. It looks like a patient with depression that's so severe he's actively suicidal. Forced to wait in the emergency department for three days. Oh, by psychiatric God. Hasbro Children's Hospital has been as high as 125% capacity or more in recent weeks. No wonder he's suicidal. Surge in RSV cases. We have had a little bit of a breather in the past few days and that the RSV may have started to tick down a little bit. But I don't think any of us are, are 
sort of claiming victory at this point. Doctors say a major way you can help is by reaching out to primary care providers or urgent care before making the ER your first stop. We do not want you to hesitate to bring your children to us when they are sick and injured because that is what we are, we are here for. But we also recognize that we have limitations on our resources that we've never seen before. The state is intervening to help in a few ways. The Department of Health is expediting the licensing process so new healthcare workers can join the workforce quickly. Plus, an emergency regulation will allow EMS staff to work inside hospitals too. Every little bit helps and it's not any one thing. So Dr. Chan. is it going to solve the problem? Of course not. But it's every, little, every little bit will help. Now, folks, the they state have, is also asking primary care doctors to help do what they can. They have new guidelines. Now, there's several things at play here. Now, first of all, you know, what, what was the whole business of Obamacare? Was all these people insured? But the problem is so many of these people are now government-reliant on state services, government services. <coughs> excuse me. And they, they don't go to their primary care physician. They use, and as we've known, what have I talked, I've talked about this for years, how you go to an emergency room, illegals use it as a free clinic. And all these other people just go wandering in. They don't go to their primary care physicians. They use the emergency room as their primary care physician. So you have regular individuals, people who work, people that have insurance, people that have a family, and they, you know, you go to your annual uh, physical, whatever, to see your doctor, or you only call your doctor's office when someone is sick. When you actually have an emergency, it's backed up and clogged by people who use it as a free clinic. And and as I've talked about in the past, for years now, you go to Rhode Island Hospital Emergency Room and the place is packed with illegals. They don't have primary care physicians. And they don't just, like, one of them is sick and they go. They bring the whole the whole squad. They bring the whole crew. Uh, it's like 15, you know, the full family goes. I've seen where there's like 10 or 12. They have the translator there. They're trying to say, all right, now, who who's the one that's sick? Well, the three of you are sick. All right, well, everybody else has to, like, stand outside. We can't, taking up seats, everybody's coughing. But these are the new guidelines now. Now, I want you to understand, this is Rhode Island. This is McKee's Rhode Island. I believe Ashley Kalis really should have gone after this in the debate. There's a number of issues she should have, she left on the table in that race for governor. The fact that, you know, right, that ACI uh, correctional officers... You have some of them making $300,000 a year, total abuse, totally manipulating the system. And McKee allows it because the union endorsed him. What a surprise. But she left a lot on the table. But here are some of the signs they're saying. There's reasons to absolutely go to the emergency room. Uh, but choking, but only if you're choking and passing out. If you have stopped breathing or are turning blue, <laughs> then... <coughs> excuse me, then you should consider going to the emergency room. <clears throat> Head injury, not behaving normally, throwing up. Injury to the neck or spine and not breathing, you should go. Seizures that last over seven minutes. But that means that they're turning people away. Oh, no, forget it. What are you, he had a seizure. How long? Three minutes. No. Looks like you're jumping the gun, Harry. Bleeding that cannot be stopped after several hours. Difficulty speaking confusion. How about this one? Inability to wake someone up. Might mean they're deceased. <clears throat> well, a guy went in who was... Um, a, jan a man went in, tw 82 years old grandfather. He was in the emergency room area for two days with a heart attack. Late, uh, what I was told was he arrived there Monday morning. They didn't see him till Wednesday. Sitting there with his family. I think the daughter, they took turns in the emergency room. I am also seeing, it looks like a 24-year-old woman having a miscarriage, sitting in the hallway. Oh, my God. So trying to find a private area so her and her husband can have a private place to grieve. There was a patient that was suicidal, actively waiting three days in the emergency room. Who wouldn't be? <clears throat> Family needy doctor trying to choose between caring for a vomiting... So you're in the waiting room. There's a guy that's suicidal. There's a woman that just had a miscarriage. The 82-year-old guy had a heart attack and is sitting there waiting for two days. There's um, people that are 
vomiting in the waiting room, elbow to elbow with other sick patients. Ah, waiting there for hours. And there's also, um, it's, you know, it's not just more and more patient. Listen, it's, it's people that are just, you know, because of the pandemic, people were not going to the doctors. They were told not to go to the doctors. I am telling you, and I've been talking about them for quite some time, at Med Urgent Care. But these new, you know, so if you're bleeding, only if you're bleeding for a period of time and you fail to stop the bleeding, then you should go to the emergency room. So, but um, bleeding that cannot be stopped after several hours. Well, if you're losing a lot of blood, that that could be crucial. And then that's when people pass out. How about the, you know, well, he has a spine injury. Eh, put some ice on it. Is he breathing? Well, right now he is. Eh. I better be fine. He stopped breathing. What color is he? Blue. Um, yeah, maybe you should bring him in. <clears throat> we should be able to see him in a couple days. Holy cow. Inability to stay awake. Well, how long have you been unable to wake your grandmother? Well, it's going on two days now. Hmm. She's probably just tired. Folks, this is a disgrace. Good thing Governor McKee's on vacation. Wow. I mean, what an absolute disaster. But it's been building. And th there were a number of different things that, that could have been done with. I mean, the amount of money that's flying in. I, I am telling you, if you think things are bad now, and things are bad under Biden McKee, you, you, you wait. You watch <clears throat> how this thing is going to even get worse and worse. And the money's going to dry up. Governor McKee has an unsustainable budget. Unsustainable spending. Absolutely. I'm also just checking. There are some races that they're looking for recounts. One is, I'll tell you, you know, it was a great candidate is that Marie Hopkins. She ran in Warwick. Everyone, she is so impressive. And she, apparently, they're saying she lost by 37 votes. 37 votes to that Camilla Vela Wilkinson. I hope they examine those ballots. The other one is, of course, another Republican, Justin Price. He lost by 26 votes. Uh, 28 votes? 29 votes. 29 votes. There was a third party there. The media, they don't mention that there was a third party in that race. Sean Patrick Camilla came in third, 670 votes. If that guy didn't win, if he didn't run... Republican Justin Price, he wins that race over that progressive socialist Megan Cotter. But the media, they love the idea that this socialist is going to get elected. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Who is this Sean Patrick Camilla and why did he run? He probably ran to try to knock that guy out. Bernard Hawkins, a Democrat who represents House District 53. Uh, Trails, has a, he wants a recount against challenger Brian Rhea. By 59 votes. I think Rhea got it. Um, let's see. Patrick Maloney wants one. Where did he lose by? He lost. That's a lot of votes he lost by. Um, I mean, that guy lost by 700 votes. He wants a recount. Where, where was that? Oh, Warwick City Council Ward. Well, maybe Warwick. There was a lot of um, suspicious voting there. Little Compton. Wow, somebody lost by five votes. 980 to 975. Little Compton Town Council. How about that? Oh, Cranston School Committee, Ward 5. What was the difference? Um, one per, the winner got, well, supposedly, got uh, 2,139. The person wants the recount, got 2,093. All right, that's, that's under 50. Maybe you get some tossed. Situate School Committee. What's the separation of votes there? Top vote getter. 28-25. And then you go down the, the line a little bit. Oh, I see. Someone lost by six votes. Wow. Lori Hart LaFauci, Republican. Got 221 votes. Supposedly, the person that beat her, Colleen Pendergast, got 227. Six votes. That could be easily tossed. All right, so folks, look at this. They're still doing the recounts. Um, they're still trying to figure things out in Congress. I also want to admit, I, I think it's, 
I think it's odd that, um, you know, yesterday I thought, oh, wow, there, Kevin McCarthy's the speaker, and I'm not calling him the speaker. He, he, I was seeing things online saying that he was, in fact, the speaker. So now, um, now it, it, it turns out he's, he's close to being the speaker, but they're still trying to decide whether or not they, he has the votes to become speaker. So I do find it a, a, little, a little confusing um, because then they said maybe it's just not official. Maybe he, he, he will be. I haven't seen anyone else emerge that is a viable uh, opposition to Kevin McCarthy, which Seth Magaziner did not stop by beating uh, Mayor Fung, although it's so questionable. That race is just sickening. I'm also seeing, so the Dems are ri rallying behind this uh, Jeffries to succeed Pelosi. My God, the gushing over Nancy Pelosi is, I mean, you can't even stand it. So the House Republicans, folks, they're really going to go after Hunter Biden. Avalanche of investigations. Uh, some other headlines here. LA officials strongly recommending masks again for the kids. In, oh, my God. Masks. I do see a lot of people... I see a lot of people um, out and about sometimes still in masks. And I, I just don't say anything. They, that, that's, to me, it's just an individual choice. If someone wants to do that, then, uh, you know, that's up to them. I'm a little concerned with this Twitter situation, but I don't believe it's going away. I think it's being revamped. Uh, the media, you know, they don't like Elon Musk, so I think some of the attention going on it but I was on Twitter just a short time ago, and it seems fine. I know they're all trying to bury it. I think Twitter is too big to fail. It is uh, Twitter is so remarkable. It has been. It's the most valuable real-time app there is. And that's how, that's how the amount of people that lost PR jobs because of Twitter were the people. They, hey, President Trump just put it into, into orbit with he, in fact... Uh, started he he really did build it up and just his tweets that would go out and then started using it as obviously as the president so i i think it's a little bit of a bumpy road but i'm i'm not i'm not going to some of these other uh platforms uh i i am willing to ride it out and um i think it i realize most people listening right now to the John DePietro show on this friday you you are not on twitter but I, I can't, <clears throat> let, me, let me explain, it's an invaluable tool for those that you depend on information, you depend on current information, and most importantly, you depend on accurate information. I still get, occasionally, these people, they, it's kind of frightening to me, they send me articles that I immediately dismiss as not valid, but they think that these are still legitimate news sources. So, it's just... It just is not. Oh, so this is interesting. Jim Vincent appears to have lost re-election to the local NAACP branch president to Gerald Catala, who was accused of committing campaign finance violations during his run for city council. Vincent was president for 12 years, says he's surprised and concerned. Uh, Gerald, he says Catala is from here. He has a lot of family and friends here, so it was more about that than anything else. Why would someone pick him over me? He's put in 20 hours a week as a volunteer. I know Jim Vincent, but, you know, he's had a chance to do it for a while. So he's going to let this guy do it. Gerard Catala, accused of committing campaign finance violations during his run for city council. He sounds like the perfect person for NAACP Providence Branch. Um, now, <clears throat> I also want to um, mention, folks, that this this situation with social media obviously see it's it's all just platforms it's all platforms and how what platform you use and then when you start to look at and recognize that they're just platforms that's and then you proceed from there what what i find is if you're on tiktok you can find me on tiktok we have some videos right now that are doing very very well the other night when i was at uh, the scene, really bad accident in Cranston. 
that was the first time I, that someone, it was, it was a younger person, but said, hey, you're that guy I see on TikTok. It was the first time that's happened. Obviously, a lot of people, you know, you get known first of like, oh, that's the radio person. Obviously, they know the voice. And then when I used to be on Cox 3, then you start to get recognized. Since I've been doing the Facebook live stream, you really get recognized. But, but Twitter is a platform. TikTok's a platform. Television's a platform. The streaming services are platforms. Radio's a platform. Radio's a good platform. It's a strong platform. Radio's going through a lot of changes right now. Uh, radio's being asked to pay for uh, a lot of the music they play, which could certainly present some problems for a number of the music stations in a huge, huge way. So I don't know where that's going to go. Talk radio, we don't have that problem. Uh, but the situation to Cicilline at this point. Now, he's out. I have not seen his name tossed around as part of the, the new leadership in the Democrat Party. Cicilline wants federal investigation of Ticketmaster after Taylor Swift ticket debacle. I wonder if he's trying to get a job with Ticketmaster. So what they do is he'll say, listen, if I'm, I'm leaving this, I'm, I'm only going to do, this is my last term in Congress. If, you're gonna, if you will hire me as in-house counsel, then I can make this investigation go away. Wait a minute, that sounds like a shakedown. It is a shakedown. It's absolutely a shakedown. Uh, some other stories. How about the search underway for the three armed robbery suspects in the vineyard? That looked like something out of the movie The Town. They had the mask going. Uh, they tied up the people in the bank. You don't hear about that a lot anymore. Most of the time, any bank robbery now, they go in, they don't even display a weapon, and they just try to get some money from the teller. It's usually someone pretty desperate, usually a drug addict where they just put up a note, I have a gun, and then they, you know, they, they, they're told to then just give them the money. They don't display the weapon. They're not going for the vault. And then they make out with, you know, whatever it is, $2,000, $3,000, something like that, maybe 5000 max. But it, um, but it's, it was such a, a, a daring bank robbery on the vineyard of all places. Well, the illegals did land there a short time ago, but search underway, Martha's Vineyard, three suspects robbed a bank at gunpoint yesterday morning. They went into the Vineyard Haven Rockland Trust, 8.15. That's like right out of the movie, The Town. They do it first thing in the morning. As employees were trying to open the bank, suspects were masked, gloved, and armed with handguns. They reported police that the armed robbers tied up workers before the bank opened for business then fled in a stolen vehicle. Employees were not hurt in the robbery, according to the bank. I wonder if they took one of them as a hostage and then let her loose by the water. Part of Thursday's search involved a holiday inn in Falmouth. Falmouth police chief told the media after an hour-long sweep of the hotel. The robbers did not appear to be at the holiday inn, but maybe they stayed there the night before, so they came in from somewhere else. FBI is insisting state local police in the investigation. You know, I often get asked... By people with local investigations, how come the FBI is not involved? Because it's it's the type of crime. They don't really, you know, it depends on the, the type of crime. This is the type of thing they could get involved in. <clears throat> Just because it could be easier, they would have easier access to maybe get certain information. But most of the time, I know locally, the FBI office in Providence routinely reach out to the Providence police for help with stuff. Just because then the Providence police have access to certain information. DA's office at Island Residence should not be openly alarmed. Appears to, gee, you think it was a targeted crime? <laughs> a targeted crime. I'd say it was a targeted crime. But that was, uh, whoever did that, it sounds like they got away with it. They were on the run. That is, this crew is good. To go, what, what really jumps out is first thing in the morning, right, 8.15, tying up the workers. So they brought zip ties, what happened, to tie people up. Fled in a stolen vehicle. They also had handguns. Stolen car and they got away. So this is, this crew, as they say in the movie Heat, is good. Now you lay low. Notice, I also noticed they're not saying how much they got away with. Which most of the time, the banks come right out and say, you know, it was um, a, a small amount of of money that he you know that they got right most of the time you just say that so but notice there has been uh there's no mention of an amount unless i'll i'll check one more time uh i'm also seeing the boston globe car catherine clark announces bid to be number two house democrat 
the Revere Democrat seeks to continue a rapid rise. So there is a real battle that is going on. But I want to find that is, um, that, I mean, that's like an old-fashioned, here we go. Thieves remain at large. FBI warns public to remain vigilant. Dressed in the Halloween mask. So they obviously have cameras. All three subjects had this same mask on. You know, that's interesting. If they all have the same mask, it's tough to determine who's who. Keep in mind also, there are only two ways to the mainland, by boat or by plane. They eluded law enforcement when there are, where there's only two ways, so by boat or plane. But they certainly could have, have gotten, you know, someone to take them off there by boat. Thieves ambushed the employees. They opened the branch at 8.30, tied them up, stole thousands, and drove off in an employee's SUV, which was, a, that's interesting. So they take the car of one of the people working there. Hmm. Found a short time later. Law enforcement checked steamship authority, heavily armed police, descended Falmouth Hotel, sending three town schools into lockdown. No arrests were made. This continued to be a very active investigation. These, this was a thoroughly thought out. I'm just wondering how much they got. They wore identical, identical masks, dark clothing, handguns, one of the most intense crimes in memory, carried out on an island often considered a refuge. They did release the photo of one of the suspects wearing the Halloween-like mask. All three had that mask on. That is an alert crew. The question is, where did they make a mistake? Did they make a mistake? The robbery stunned Martha's Vineyard community, where residents struggled to remember any crime of that magnitude. First thing I did was call my friend who lives behind the bank, tell her, lock the doors. Everybody feels so insulated. Longtime residents, the biggest crime he can recall was a series of garage break-ins a few years ago. In 1987, a 35-year-old man robbed a vineyard bank, then shot an arrow at a police officer as he fled. For that, the most infamous act in the vineyard was, of course... The drowning death of Mary Jo Kopechny, Chappaquiddick, after uh, the late Senator Kennedy drove his car off the bridge. I'm sure the Kennedy family's glad that that incident is then linked in with the bank robbery. So, all right, folks, it's Friday. Um, I want to recap some of the news of the day. One of the things we're going to start off is I want to um, go over again the segment with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Much more ahead on this Friday on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 401- 942-7500. You can find them online, matthewsoil.com. Matthews Oil, premier dealer in Rhode Island, delivering the highest quality heating fuels. At Matthews Oil, they take pride providing reliable, affordable service for you and your family. Celebrating 90 years of service, call them now. It's going to be a cold winter. Get that tank filled. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 13 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's time for our legal segment joining us right now he is our legal expert one of rhode island's top attorneys it is attorney tim dodd and tim let's start off the big news that was last June, uh, they had a big uh, abortion protest at the state house because of the Supreme Court, and then that night there was some kind of an altercation between an uh, officer, John Lugo, of Providence, who then got into some kind of an altercation with it turned out someone that he was then actually running against, Jennifer Rourke. Uh, Lugo was charged. It was a huge explosive story because a video that captured what happened. Uh, Lugo was charged with simple assault. And we've talked about the case, Tim Dodd. You've mentioned his attorney, Dan Griffin, is a good attorney. And this is, uh, to me, an interesting story, turn of fate, regarding how people are surprised that 
Gene Lugo was not a, was was acquitted in this case of simple assault. Yes, we, he had a great lawyer. Dan Griffin's a good guy, very good lawyer. Um, for many of us, this was not a surprise. This was the correct result based upon the evidence. Um, this case was tried in front of Judge Houlihan, who's an excellent jurist. Like many cases we've talked about over time, John, the first video and the first report that the media runs where this frequently not the real story and not the accurate story. And right. this is another in a long line of cases where selective video is put forth. It gets a reaction. Um, it gets this guy arrested. Uh, it changes the trajectory of his political career. It changes the trajectory of his uh, career on the um, Providence Police Department. And at the end of the day, the judge found um, Lugo to be not guilty. Uh, based upon the evidence that was put in, and one of the most compelling pieces of evidence was, number one, Lugo's own testimony, where he described what he was doing and why as an off-duty police officer, and defense brought in an, es um, an expert, police expert, on the appropriate use of force when you're off-duty and when you're in a situation such as Lugo found himself. And I think the court uh, gave the expert testimony uh, a lot of weight. From what I understand, the complaining victim um, had a few discrepancies in her testimony. I think her story changed somewhat on the stand. Um, but it was not a surprising outcome. What surprised me early on, John, was uh, the Providence Police Department, who I have high respect for, immediately came out saying that Lugo should be terminated. And I was yep. always like, what? <laughs> what are you rushing to judgment for? Especially when the entire video came out and gave you the full context of what happened and not that slow motion snippet which was really put out there not to inform the public, but to really deceive the public as to what was yes. really happening. Um, I think that the alleged victim here could have equally been charged with assaulting Lugo. Now, that didn't happen for whatever reason. Was it because of what folks saw on the video? Was it because of political considerations? Who knows? But I think she could have equally been charged with assaulting Lugo. Um, it's astonishing to me that after um, the judge uh, rendered his decision, I think Providence is still taking the position they want to move forward to terminate Lugo, which makes entirely no sense. The guy was found not guilty. Um, before anything further can happen, I'm not sure they'll put him back on the job. He's... Um, right now on leave with pay he's entitled to a policeman bill of rights hearing um if that hearing would go forward i am sure he would be vindicated there too so uh, i'm not sure what providence police department and the brass there is thinking but this guy's been vindicated he's been found not guilty and any serious look at that video would corroborate what the judge ultimately found, that there was really not a crime here. What he was doing was appropriate attempts to um, diffuse a volatile situation, and he was attempting to assist another individual who appeared to be um, being assaulted at the same time. Tim Dodd, how long will this process be where now there's still According to Providence Police, they're still moving forward to try to terminate him. Well, I, I don't think they'll be successful. Um, I'm not sure if that pronouncement is um, for political purposes. Certainly, there's a amount of anger with this verdict. Uh, if you look at certain news sources, there's a very long diatribe from um, spokespersons for Black Lives Matter 
That's saying right. that this is a terrible miscarriage of justice, this is an outrage, and other similar um, adjectives to describe what they think happened here. And from a political standpoint, you can be upset, but if you look at the facts, if you look at the evidence, if you listen to the testimony of the witnesses, um, I believe that the judge absolutely made the right decision finding Lugo to be not guilty. Now, I'm sure if Providence said, well, the guy will be back on the job tomorrow, no harm, no foul, um, there'd be a lot of community um, outcry. So maybe they're saying they want to terminate him just to get through this news cycle, but I can't imagine they're actually going to pursue termination as a remedy here. It makes no sense. Folks, let's speak with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Now, Tim, what about uh, Jennifer Rourke? She was running for office. <clears throat> I've heard from people secondhand that she claims that she was really unable to campaign because she's in pain because of what happened. Now, he's out of the woods as far as the simple assault, but could someone like Jennifer Rourke, could she still go after either him or the city for what she claims are her, you know, injuries and damages. Oh, sure. She has a perfect right to pursue a civil lawsuit for um, her personal injury, which would include pain and suffering, economic losses, etc. Now, a civil case is looked at with a much different lens, as we know, Criminal yep. cases, they've got to prove that Lugo committed a crime by proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, a civil standard is a much lower standard, but he will still have his um, available defense, that being self-defense, because the judge even commented that it could be seen that she was trying to hold Lugo back from trying to assist a different guy who was being apparently assaulted. So he has a good self-defense argument and, you know, in a civil courtroom, you know, they can, she can be painted as the aggressor and if she's responsible for the injuries that befell her because of her conduct, then she would not get a money damage award. Um, will she pursue it? I would expect that she will pursue a personal injury claim against Lugo and the department. And um, unless there is a settlement, were that to go to trial, I think she would lose. And, and Tim, finally, would, would she potentially go after, you know, what happened at the state house? I'm just talking, I mean, you can, anyone can do whatever they want, but is this a situation someone could, could go after the state, could go after the city, could go after the police department, blah, blah, like, it's not maybe at the end of the day, not just him. Well, I guess she could, you, you raise a good point that she could potentially argue that in the face of what was known to be a large and potentially volatile um, um, protest abortion rally. protest yes. rally, yes, that there should have been more available security, a better police presence. Um, certainly that argument could be made. It's a tough one to make because outbreaks of violence are somewhat unpredictable. Um, what is the sufficient number of people? How could they have known the size of the crowd that was going to show up? Right. Um, there's a number of intangibles, but anyone can sue anyone for anything. It's easy to sure. file a complaint. It's very yep. hard to prove the allegations. Uh, I think should have a hard time with that type of litigation as well. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 
885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, first of all, let's go through the effect. If you're Mitch McConnell, I, I just think you cannot believe what just took place with they've lost the Senate and now Schumer is once again going to be Senate Majority Leader. Well, right, you know, and, and I mean, but a guy like McConnell, they've seen it all. He's been there a long, long time. And, Ooh. you know, let, let's give him his due. I mean, and Trump has, you know, been very insulting, personally insulting to him and his uh, wife, who is a you know Washington fixture, and she happens yeah. to be Asian and all that stuff. I mean, he said early on, candidate quality matters. McConnell right. said that like five months ago or the yep. spring or something. And he doesn't always say too much, but usually what he says, uh, there's a lot of wisdom behind it. Um, and that's what he was worried about. And when you look at what happened, to especially some of the uh, well, it was the governor, um, some of these bigger figures, and they just, you know, Don Bolduck in New Hampshire. Mm. I mean, at the end, you and I talked about in recent weeks, he looked like he was closing in on her, but I don't think so. And then that no. was not going to pan out. The guy yeah. was kind of out there and he wasn't going to make it. And um, the Democrats must, supported yeah. him, by the way. They supported him. They were the ones they wanted him to be. The, the and nominee, see, so. and they were doing all that strategy yeah. back then. And yeah. Um, and McConnell knew that some of these people, they're not ready for prime time. They may never be. And right. then you. So here's where we are. And, and like you say, now, Schumer, um, they're going to control the Senate. The oh. only thing I would say from and I'm not trying to be, you know, Mary Poppins. But so the fact that this all played out like it did. Um, I think there's lessons to be learned. And I, I also think, and I know we'll get to this, I, I think this uh, should make the party, this is a big wake up. And I also think that in some ways, now the Democrats, if you're still running the Senate, you could say, oh, well, they'll get a lot of Biden's agenda through. But I think you're going to see over time some of the the split in the Democratic Party that can yes. play to the Republicans' advantage. Sure. I don't. They don't all want Biden to be the candidate in 2020. No. And Donna Perry, um, as we're talking, I mean, late last week, I mean, it's too bad. For a while, President Trump didn't have Truth Social. Actually, he wasn't even using it. He wasn't even tweeting a lot. Right, right. Uh, whatever they call it, puts out posts. But it, all his statements had to go through someone. They were vetted. You know, you'd get a, I was on the list. You'd get a press release from him. Now, you know, in real time, when he says something it's then posted automatically it's almost like he has a twitter account but he has you know late last week he started attacking both DeSantis and and also the governor of virginia glenn youngkin both people that he feels to be rivals it really had a bad backlash i think with especially DeSantis, who has just made he's turned florida red he's turned into a powerhouse he won convincingly he knows how to govern uh, what are we witnessing right now with President Trump attacking two very successful Republican governors? Yeah, so a couple of things on that. Number one, I think Trump begins to look increasingly desperate. Yeah. I mean, I think he, and that's a, not an attractive look no. for any for anyone. But he he looks desperate. Um, he see they're you know they're breathing down his neck, um, and in contrast, so he says these kind of silly things. And I think DeSantis from what this, the bits and pieces of tape I saw. I thought that was the best speech I've ever seen him give. Yep. Um, he just hit all the right notes. I, I like the way he spoke. You know, there may be some Trumpism there, but John, he's more polished he and is. I think he's more disciplined. Yes. Um, you know, you, you can be all of these things, but Trump never got 50% of it is the discipline 
um, knowing when to open your mouth and not open your mouth. Um, And I I think that, you know, DeSantis, whoever's writing for him, they really spot on. I think he had a line like Florida is where wokeism goes to die. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's those are great lines. And, you know, so he I just thought he had a true look, 20 points. There's no other governor in the country winning at that margin. That's right. Um, and look, let's say the other guy who Trump ended up in these weird fights, Brian Kemp. Well, he put, you know, he shot shut down Stacey Abrams and all her big ambitions. And they talked about her for the future. He he got Florida back. And, you know, a guy like Chris Sununu, who is from a well-known family, he's a moderate Republican. He's very easily solidly reelected in New Hampshire. Big so. Time. You know, and then Virginia and um, and there's a generational age difference. I, I just look it, it Trump. What you worry, John, though, is he like the captain of a <laughs> Titanic? Like, well, right now, I mean, he's been in rear form, plus yeah. the announcement coming up. Plus, I just wonder who's left, who's left around him as he's railing. He's like, seems, you know, he's got yeah. the legal problems piling up. Um, he's on the verge of getting indicted. He seems all worked up at a time that, by all accounts, he's getting, you know, when you have a high profile, which he did, and I think no better place than Pennsylvania. The Dr. Oz thing, he was never, I don't think, a solid candidate. They had a good candidate there. They got beat right, by Oz in right. the primary. The candidate they had for governor, now I'm going to defend President Trump because I was covering that race. He actually didn't endorse him till the Friday or Saturday before the primary. With the game, it was already in the bag. Yeah, but um, he was a horrible candidate. Maybe the worst candidate, uh, Doug Mastriano of, of, of the, the season. Yeah, season, right. Just so so lost. But but right now this is um, it, it it's bordering on an implosion right now, and just it's so volcanic, and things are happening in real time, and the damage that is being done. Desperation is, is a good word, but. It goes back down to that this is just not how the Republican Party, it doesn't, whether it was Reagan or the Bushes, they just didn't operate that way. And they're, no, they're losing no. and he's turning off a lot of people. But I, I think a lot of Republicans are also viewing it as if he's going to turn on DeSantis, then I mean, then who's not who who else is fair game? That would I mean, DeSantis is seen as the rising star. Right. And and Trump and look, and you have this media that would they they're waiting to dirty up DeSantis. Yes. So I, I just think it's terrible if he's going to be like I say, like the guy saying, well, if, if we're going down, where then I'm taking everyone else down with me. It's it's almost like that kind of thing. Um, and I but I think what we are um, kind of beginning to witness is is this, as you say, the legal fights are out. The legal problems are out there. Yeah. He doesn't appear to have the right kind of funds or lawyers to fight it. Um, we may be witnessing what will be just this messy, uneven, at times destructive. Is this the beginning of the end or the decline of Trump? That's my sense of it. Mm. Um, I don't think you can, you know, I just don't know when you've seen people who were, you know, over time a Tom Cotton and some of these more well-regarded Republican senators, John, I think they're closing ranks. They will close ranks with McConnell. Yeah. Um, they were there in the party long before he ever left fifth Avenue to mm. do this. And if you think about it, he hasn't really been in this game a whole lot of time. Right. So I and think the Kevin that, McCarthy yeah. thing, Donna Perry, the house is certainly Ugh. not the sweeping <laughs> victory. They thought it was going to be, you know, I'll just say this. It, it, it's one thing so much seemingly was tolerated because it, it's kind of, you know, because it would seem like he was winning. Right. Like he'd pack right. them in and raise the money. So you tolerate a lot. But that those types of actions, they, they're not going to be tolerated if then they're accompanied by losses. Well, that's the thing. Like and and as you, I think, have pointed out um, in days past. But like when you have the whole big uh, conservative media conglomerate and you have Fox and New York Post and really Wall Street Journal editorial page, John, really now is saying to the party, it's over with Trump. I'm I'm sorry. But so like, that's the thing. Like, and I, those media uh, platforms and Fox, I mean, that you can't underestimate how big that is, how big the audience is and, and how he benefited from it. Yes. 
um, and and that now is now, and and the party has to be has to stand like without him. They have, I mean, he's not, you know, it just does so. Well, and Donna Perry, before we uh, last, lastly, as you've also touched on, th- this also is first of all, it is very significant that Fox is giving him no coverage. He's yeah. nowhere on Fox. The New York Post, Murdoch, Wall Street Journal have definitely decided to go more in on DeSantis and also the the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. But but on top of that, then the next level is is the donor class, and yeah, the, the donors. I mean, they're like betters. They don't like. They don't like losers. And if they see a lot of losing, the money goes elsewhere. Right. And and like it's not lost on anybody. I think it, it was the skit open SNL last uh, Saturday night, I should say. <laughs> but it was Trump trying to call into Fox News and they were saying they're too busy or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like that's the thing. Um, and um, a guy like Murdoch and all the time that they have they've put a lot of sweat equity and money into you know, really raising the bar and the visibility, John, of conservative media. It's not just two words. It's a whole lot of, lot of things. And it, yes. and there's a lot of really decent principles involved in policy in that. Um, and I think you're at a, people are at a point, I know I am, but you don't like to get to reduced to a caricature for no. <laughs> forever, you know. No. So no. I just think, though, is he now going to sabotage when you, you know, there is the final Georgia runoff and yes. if, if he inflicts himself again, it's not about Herschel Walker. It's about him. Right. Uh, I, I think so. there's the danger down the line that it's still obviously early, but, and it's something he always threatened when he was the nominee and that is to break off and do, he is the America yeah. first party. And now you have a third party candidate and it, it would be on a, it's like a kamikaze uh, mission where it's almost like just to try to get even with the Republican Party. Oh, wow. Uh, it certainly doesn't right. help things. That's not what they need. But you just you just don't know when it gets into that. Um, folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. You bet. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.